Hi, everyone. Welcome to What's Your Why, a podcast that showcases the greatness of people through their life stories. Each episode will capture insight into the lives of people just like you and I, with the intention to connect, align, and create inspiration for and with our listeners. Stay with us through our What's and Why segment, where we dive into our guest perspective with some thought-provoking questions that just might be right up your alley. I'm your host, Helen Dillon, and thanks for joining us. Now let's get into it. Those people in your life that influence you in a positive way in the direction that you want to go are kind of who you should be aspiring to listen to daily. Megan, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a privilege and an honor to have you here. And I'm so excited because more importantly, we have been friends for 20 plus years and uh, I'm thrilled that you said yes. So I'd love to start out with you just sharing a little bit about yourself and um, introducing yourself. Uh, thanks, Helen. And thank you so much for having me. It's It's been uh, watching your journey. It's been super awesome to see this thank podcast you. really come around and you guys are doing an awesome job and I love listening to them. When you did start the podcast, I was so excited because, you know, the what's your why concept of just kind of knowing uh, what you love to do, like who I am is, is kind of around that because that's what brought us together a lot more than usual, having been 20 years friends. But yeah, I'm Meg Douglas and I'm a consultant now and I'm an educator as well as uh, a mommy and a businesswoman and uh, entrepreneur, I guess, in a lot of different ways. So I come here today just with like a lot of awesome life experience that has shifted me to be that counselor life coach version of myself that I get to help and serve other people. Absolutely. I'm really thankful for the fact that you're a counselor, in particular mine, and I get access to you sometimes for free, mostly for free, (laughs) or maybe just a bottle of wine and dinner every once in a while. But I have to share with everybody that it's uh, it's solid sound advice on on the regular. <laughs> She's never <laughs> led me astray. <laughs> well, you know, it goes both ways. And I think that the top five people you hang around with, right, really reflect who you are as a human. So I'm grateful. You get to be one of my top five and I get to be one of your top five. Well, thank you. I've actually never heard that before. Can you uh, maybe speak a little bit to that for everybody? Oh, sure. Well, you know, the cool thing about personal development and growth, and that's been kind of something that has been a hobby, right, and that you and I chat about quite often. But the top five concept is that you are a reflection of the top five people that you hang around with the most. So if you're looking for personal growth, if you're looking to increase habits, if you're looking to, you know, just just be better or do better, find five people that you aspire to be. And they don't have to be real life people. And it's funny because when I first heard that about 10 years ago, I thought, oh, gosh, like I'm hanging out with Helen. Like, what's going on? Just kidding. (laughs) I'm hanging out with like my top five friends. Like, who are they? And like my sister, my family. But then I started getting into like podcasts and I started getting into audiobooks and I recognized that the top five people that I love are real people, but also were Mel Robbins, like an amazing author and Tony Robbins. Yeah. So those people in your life that influence you in a positive way in the direction that you want to go are kind of who you should be aspiring to listen to daily. Are these people that are different than, well, obviously people you're listening to on podcasts are different, but are these people separate from your family? For me, I have probably one family member that I go to often. And then, yeah, they are. They're my, they're a few of my friends. And then they're authors that I reflect in. Like, I love Wayne Dyer. I don't don't know if you've read much of him. I know that Mm -hmm. I've mentioned him a few times with our life, but um, Wayne Dyer is, you know, passed away, but he has some phenomenal books. And I love the power of intention. And it's all about language. And I think about him every day, even though like, I've never met the guy, he passed away, but his language choices really uh, sculpted my reactions and my parenting style, as well as my business acumen, because it was just a really powerful book. So Mm -hmm. that's 
question. Isn't it funny how um, words matter? Language matters. And the choice, I've learned that over the years a little bit. I'm not always the greatest at practicing it, but I've just discovered how you position yourself with your words is so much better sometimes if you just stop and take a breath and think about it. Well, language is energy, right? And, you know, not to go too frou-frou, but when you- We're all about frou-frou. Are you? (laughs) Amazing. Well, when I even hear you say, like, you try to, like, you always have, actually. And, you know, that's been a validation that I give you, right? Because, like, you're always creating that gorgeous life by design. And I think a lot of it, too, is just being around those people who help remind us that we're on purpose. And so that's what Wayne Dyer does for, for the world with his language choices. And even, you know, your podcast here is a prime example of like you created a concept and you thought great thoughts about it. And it happened the way that you maybe didn't even imagine, but it's gorgeous and wonderful because you created such good energy around it. So I often equate words to energy. And when I'm talking with my children or talking with clients or talking with students or whomever I'm working with, I remind them that when they speak in the negative, the universe only hears negative. So Mm -hmm. you should choose your words wisely. And even like poor language choices, you know, that have a low vibration. I often teach my kids about the low vibration, high vibration and clients too. And it's like just that acknowledgement around what your word choices are and can they be better? Can you shift them to serve you more? Um, As opposed to saying what you don't want, say what you do want, because the universe listens and we, our thoughts become our actions, become reality. Mm -hmm. Getting back to it, Thank you for validating me and thank you for validating what we're doing. That's that's an amazing compliment of the highest nature. So getting back to the top five, what do you do with the rest of the people that don't make the cut? It's a really good question, Helen. And it makes me smile and laugh at the same time because, you know, some people will appreciate the answer of my opinion and some people will not. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because you're not for everybody and not everybody's for you. And, you know, I think as we get older, we accumulate wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. And whether it's been the 20 years that you and I have been friends and the things that we've experienced together, or it's your family sharing moments with you. But I go back to a moment in my life where I was fortunate enough to sail around the world on a tall ship Mm -hmm. back in my 20s, which was super cool, a year and a half of my life. And I don't think a lot of people liked me very much back then. Really? And, you know, well, I was 21 and obnoxious, I bet, right? Oh, well, we all knew everything. Right. We totally did. And you knew me when I was 21. I was obnoxious. I was, you know, happy, happy, go lucky kind of girl. But what I remember, I had some really challenging times when I was like on the other side of the world. And I called my mom, as we often do, right? Mm -hmm. We go to the the person who's always supported us. And she said to me, Meg, not everyone's going to love you. And that's okay. But remember, we always love you. And so I kind of took that in stride. Because when I think about the other people who are not your top five, they still like serve a version of of yourself, whether it's looking at them and you can reflect on how they do, you know, reflect a part of you because we have so many sub personalities. We have so many parts of ourselves. And that's like the counseling talk, right? When you think about the Helen of you, you, you know, you've got the academic Helen, you have the fun Helen, you've got the silly Helen, you've got the romantic Helen, you have the mummy Helen, you have the, you know, the best friend Helen, you have the daughter Helen, like there's all these different versions of you. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the people that we bring into our lives, they do such a gorgeous service of reflecting those parts that we love about ourselves, because that is why we have friends. It's to validate ourselves. It's to provide support. And, you know, you'll call that one friend who will support your buying those nice boots, mm-hmm. but you won't call your other friend who'll say, stay on your budget, right? Because you have these friends who serve different facets of your life. So those other non-fivers, they still are like, you know, 5% of one person. And so you have a whole bunch of 
people who might serve you and you're able to still access them when you need to. But really, I always say, like, take advice from people you would trade places with. And that's, again, from another great book I read. And it was about understanding people who are not in your position are not in a place to share with you how to do things and how to be and how to choose that new job or move to a new location or what have you. And that's, that's okay. But if you would love their opinion and you know that you would trade places in their life with you, mm-hmm. then yeah, for sure. Take what they say and move forward with it. So those are, those are kind of the top five people. And, and then the others, the others, <laughs> the non-fivers. I love the that. Non-fivers. The, the bottom five. <laughs> Talk to me about uh, toxicity. I love this top five concept and the non-five concept. And there has to be toxic people within both of those relationships. I mean, you'd think that if they were your top five, they wouldn't be toxic because you've chosen to maybe keep them on the outside of the circle a little bit and protect Mm -hmm. yourself. But what do you do about those toxic people that are in your life that you may or may not be able to move to the outside of the circle? How do you encompass that? For sure. And I think a lot of us, when we think about toxicity, we might reflect right away to our job or to our bosses or to colleagues or family members or uh, people that we can't get away from because boundaries are a big thing. And having boundaries in our life are what provide us uh, sanity and provide structure and provide relief. And when you can't avoid people that becomes that that affect your daily life, that becomes toxic, toxic, right? So you know, I often say you need to have really clear boundaries around people. And I think you and I have both experienced working in environments where there's a lot of challenging human beings Mm -hmm. who you can't get away from. And so how do you do that? Well, you create a boundary, but you also have like, there's some visualization techniques that you can do. And I remember there's some energy work that you, that I was introduced to where when you're working with toxic people, sometimes you just have to set an intention before you go and be like, I'm doing the best I can with what I have their baggage is not my baggage, or you even do a zip up of yourself. Imagine that you're zipping up from your toes all the way behind your head. And like you're kind of like the body condom, the body. That's another word. I was going to say the body suit, but sure, let's go down that road. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And the body condom. And, you know, you give yourself that protection to be able to go about your day. Because a lot of times when you feel that someone is toxic in your life, you're actually reflecting on something that they're doing that triggers you. And you can't get away from triggers, but what you can do is you can minimize the way that they that they compound your day by by just doing little things within your own mindset. And that self-talk piece is a huge part of our life, right? We often have, I always say, two people on either side. And mm-hmm. you know, there's the angel and the devil if you want to look at it that way. But I often say there's my current self and my future self. And so I always go into my own, what would my future self say to do? Is it worth my time? You know, breathe, swallow, repeat, and then respond. Because oftentimes we react to a toxic situation versus responding. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I would approach it. You know, and I think at different levels of our life, you know, whether it's being a child, being a teenager, an adolescent, or an adult, like we all have different situations that we need to have different strategies to approach. But if we know ourselves well enough and we, we create really good boundaries at a young age and understand our self-worth, we will be less likely to get into these toxic situations. Mm -hmm. And basically just understanding that reacting and responding are two different things as well. And that's a Wayne Dyer thing, right? Like being able to react versus respond. And reaction is is your visceral five-year-old version of yourself. So if you ever think about like when someone triggers you, like especially someone who knows you well, like a family member, and you right away go to the claws in, get on them, yell, scream, get mad. I don't have sisters. No, but you have a mom and a dad. (laughs) You're right, you're right. (laughs) 
and you have a brother and you have those moments where they kind of, they just push that button and they Mm -hmm. get you and you're so mad at them and you overreact. We call it overreaction. It's actually just reaction. Whereas the wisdom and, and ability to breathe, first of all, so that your brain gets oxygen so that you're able to think properly. And then you respond with, that hurt my feelings or that didn't make me feel so good. Or, you know, is there a reason why you said that? Are you having a hard day? And I often recognize that my children who are just over five, like, you know, they're, they're still quite young. And when they react, it's because their brain isn't fully developed yet. Mm -hmm. And they haven't quite got that. And it's really hard for me to be patient and kind and loving, especially if I then transfer that to a 45 year old client that I have who reacts negatively towards me. And I'm like, okay, that's not my baggage. I have to separate myself. And it's almost like you allow yourself to recognize the boundary subconsciously when they're older, but when they're younger, you don't until you breathe, react, respond, right? Yeah, yeah. So Megan, what do you do when you've got some fairly toxic people in your life? How do you uh, strategize to manage that or how do you move them away? You know, it's a not an easy answer because I often say when clients say that they're really annoyed by somebody or they're really frustrated, I ask, what is it that really bothers you about that person? Like, what's so toxic? Are they abusing you? Are they mentally abusing you? Are they physically abusing you? Because if that's the case, then they're at harm to you and someone else. So then you need to really seek some serious advice around that, whether that be uh, supports, you know, with some security kind of stuff. But if you're thinking about like toxic people who are in your world, but you're not living in the same home with them, but they're really affecting you. I often say, what is it that's bothering you about them? And let's do some inner work because people trigger you for things that you have going on in your life, unless they're physically touching you or they're physically harming you. It's an emotional trigger that you're experiencing. So I would say to you, Helen, like, what is this person doing that triggers you? And how can we work through that challenge on your end? Because the reaction you have to people isn't their, isn't their fault. It's your fault, right? Mm -hmm. And if someone is toxic to you, well, I get that. So what are they doing that frustrates you? And let's work through your side of stuff because you can't control anybody. And I often, when I used to teach elementary school, I used to say to the little kids who'd be like, she's bugging me and she butted me and all that kind of stuff, which grownups do in meetings all the time. And if you watch the politics, that's happening right now, right? Oh yeah. Oh joy. <laughs> so what do you do? You can't control other people, but you can control yourself. And often advice I say is move away from them, like physically remove your body from them, you know, and mitigate your interactions with them if they're really challenging you and people will eventually get it. Now, passive aggressive is one way that is not productive, but people do it all the time, you know, like where they don't return phone calls, they don't return emails. If the person calls, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm just super busy. I can't handle talking to you right now. Whereas, you know, to be clear is to be kind is what Brene Brown always says. And she's a really great author and TED Talk lady. And if you have a chance to read some of her books, like Daring to be Great, awesome information, because what she just shares is like, if you're having a challenge with somebody and they're influencing you to have stress and have anxiety, you need to have that difficult conversations, which is another great book, difficult conversations with somebody who is toxic. If they're a narcissist, they're not going to hear you. And a narcissist is somebody who is very ego driven, very egocentric. There's always something wrong. There's always something in their life. You're doing something wrong. They spin the conversation around that it's your problem, not their problem. And if that's the case, then knowing your boundary, well, they're not going to hear you anyway. So let go and let God. Yeah. You're not going to change anybody. But what you do need to do is respect your own boundaries. So if they don't serve your boundaries, then when they call you, just say, I hope you're well, like wishing you well. If they want to get together, you can say, you know what? I have to share with you 
if you want to go there, your negative energy right now is impacting my emotional well-being and I'm not able to give you what you need right now. So I just, I'm going to have to take a beat and I'll reach Mm -hmm. back out when I'm ready. And that's super hard. Like people can't, like confrontation is a skill, right? And confrontation, I remembered when I was first learning about it, I thought it was like super negative because it's like when you confront somebody, it's insulting and it's rude. And I've learned that you can since you know yourself well, you can speak from an I statement that is not intended to be insulting. And you also preface the conversation. And you've heard me say this oftentimes, right? Hell, I'm like, my intention here is to be a good friend right now, or my intention is to be super kind and know that I love and appreciate you or what have you. But you're super honest about that because inauthenticity, and I was listening to Noelle Floyd's talk that you guys just did yet, you know, a little bit ago. Awesome. Yeah, it was super great. And I love because, you know, I, I did I did start a little business at Emerging Equestrians with a colleague of mine, and we were doing a lot of mindset work with young. I remember that. Yeah, like, and it was more not a level stuff. Like it was definitely not a circuit. It was, it was definitely show barn kind of stuff, but it was for kids who have a lot of anxiety and stress and emotions around what they're going through. And, and that was a moment when she talked about authenticity on that chat. You know, you need to be an authentic human being when you're working with toxic people. And oftentimes it's miscommunication whenever you're working with anybody. If if you think one thing and they think the other, well, someone's not telling the truth, Mm -hmm. right? So you got to be super authentic with who you are and what they're doing. And that sometimes hurts feelings, but you're not meaning to hurt somebody. You're not meaning to be malicious. And when you say that off the mark, they're going to be able to take that for what it's worth and whether they run with it and they think it's your fault or they, they own it. That's not your business. What your business is, is that you're clearly setting your boundary. And if they don't fall within the category that meets your requirements, then that's kind of where you're at. Like I find that people come in and out of your life at different times and different reasons. And that is just one example of if that person has served their time with you, then moving on, like breakups happen. Mm-hmm. Do you think that people are born authentic or naturally authentic? Or do you think it's something that most people have to strive towards? I think, well, tabula rasa, right? Like when we're born, we're an empty slate. So I truly feel that everything is a life experience that has been just accumulated over time. And if you're growing up in a really authentic area, like you have characteristics, like you've got a personality, right, of who you are. But the skill of authenticity is something that is like empathy. You need to be exposed to things to be able to hone that skill. And if you're not exposed to moments that provide you to be humble or to be empathetic or sympathetic, that level of authenticity won't be there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you have a, an unfortunate family life or like you're raised terribly, like well, that's unfortunate, right? It's such an interesting concept, like because I think to myself, if I were to use myself as an example in my life, I would say I'm I was sort of born with authenticity a little bit because my delivery in life and my forwardness and my fairness has always been sort of at the forefront of what I present. But it took me a long time to figure out how to hone that and be authentic without making people feel like I'm necessarily hurting their feelings. But it kind of starts with the definition, like, what do you think authenticity is? Well, just being real, like, just be real, tell people what you think, you know, but also be kind. You know, it takes a while to figure out how to be authentic, but also be kind, because just because you want to say something doesn't mean you should. And that's boundaries for sure. Yeah, I I appreciate that, that definition, just being real, because your real, though, and my real are very different. Yeah, And that's where then understanding perspective emerges into the conversation, because if you think your real is the is the real authentic version, and I think my real is the real authentic version, and we're both very stubborn humans who maybe haven't had a lot of life experience, and that is my reality, yours is your reality, who's right? Yeah. Well, but is there being a right or wrong? 
well, that's just the question. Like, and again, it's yeah. all perspective and it's, and, and that's kind of where we're at in the world right now with all this stuff that's going on, right? Like there's a divide and does there need to be a divide? I'm not getting into politics, but what I do recognize is that people have different opinions and oftentimes you gravitate, hence the top five, towards those people who reflect your life values and reflect the way that you do things. And mm-hmm. they complement, you know, your vision, goals, mission, what have you, whereas values, ideas. Yeah. Right. And if you're finding someone to be toxic, it's actually like a beautiful bowl of spaghetti, all these conversations, because it, it all comes together to be like just living life well. And if that person is inauthentic to you, that is actually a gorgeous mirror that is up against your face saying, they don't reflect my values. I don't jive with their energy flow. I appreciate the experiences I had with them, but it's time for me to level up because that's when you know like your contrast, and this is an an Abraham Hicks thing, right? Which is another really great author, book person I kind of listen to. They're an energy source. And that is when you have contrast, it shows you exactly what you don't want. (laughs) So you're able to level up to what you do want. Yeah. And it's just a, a growth opportunity and personal development and growth is, is is not easy. Like you said, it's did you come out of the womb as an authentic human? I would argue, no, you didn't, Helen. You actually no. had amazing parents. You kind of thrusted yourself into life and you grew up really quickly working in, in the riding world, right? Yeah. You started young yeah. and you were put in positions with older people that you required to level up and to be professional and to show authenticity because people saw right through it if you weren't. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. wouldn't be successful like you are today. Thanks. You're welcome. I love it. You were talking about the balance thing, but I think that a lot of what we're talking about right now, it's growth. And and what is balance? Like I was thinking about that today as my kids, I let them stay home from school because of the snowstorm and I'm going to take them skiing later. And I gave up a few contracts to be able to be at home with my kids. And like, there's no such thing as balance is what I was really just kind of coming to. Again, it's like what your version of balance needs to be for you to be a striving, positive human and working within the levels of your stress that you can handle because everybody's levels of stress are different. So then I ask, what are strategies to find that then? Because everyone's finding they're looking for balance. They're seeking, including myself, you know, we're all seeking balance and searching for balance. And because we think that's going to make us happy, we assume it's going to make us happy. What are the strategies to look for that? A really great open-ended question. And again, being super subjective with my life experience, I think we all go back to what we want our purpose to be. And balance comes into play at different phases of your life. And I think when you have all of your life ahead of you and you're in your 20s and you're like, I can take on the world. It's good. Let me have 50 jobs. I'll work 60 hours a day, like whatever. That's their balance because they probably have super high, great hormones, great testosterone and estrogen, and they're feeling alive because their body is prime. As we get older, our bodies change, which then really changes our stress response level. And if your stress response is low and you've been living in a pandemic for two years and maybe you had like a life altering experience with yourself or a family member, you're going to be thinking, what do I really want to do when I grow up? Like, what do I really want to do? for the next part of my 10-year journey, is life really this? Like, And if you're ever put into that question, clearly you're looking for more. And so balance, you know, for me, being an entrepreneurial mom who has a background in education and has two young kids who are going on, like, I swear, they're teenage years, though they're still in single digit. They're 30s. They're in their 30s already. <sighs> Let me tell you, I'm up <laughs> right? for a good one. My balance is very different than your balance. I think the question is, what brings you joy? And what brings you joy, if you're fortunate enough like you and and Heather on this podcast, which is awesome, to listen to people and to provide your listeners with awesome content, 
and yet you get to create a livelihood from that, that is your joy. Like, and you found it, like you found it now. Like you didn't have to wait until you were 60 or 70. Oh gosh, no, I'm 25 this year. Right? 25 for like 20 (laughs) years. It's amazing. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So balance, what I'm getting to at the end of the day comes down to where you want to put your energy and effort and finding ways to make your joys happen. And I was thrown into, literally, I was thrown off my roof like about five years ago. And I was kind of put in a position where I was like, if I died, like, did I live my best journey? Like, did I have the best version of my life? And I didn't. And so I started a journey towards joy. And every day I said to myself, I have to do one thing that brings me joy. And I actually started on my phone, a list of all the things. Is that how you started that? Just with that one question? Yeah. To do one thing that brings you joy every day? Yeah. Discovering what brings you joy? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It's not a trick question. Because if you said to me, Helen, what brings you joy? I might, my immediate answer would be, I don't know. Because you haven't worked on it yet. So that's what I'm asking is that's the first step is just ask yourself that question. The first step is to get to know who you are. Yeah. A lot of us don't know who we are. But we think we do because I think that I know myself pretty good. Well, and you might know certain concepts of yourself, but like I identified before, you have these subpersonalities. You have these different Mm -hmm. versions of yourself that different people see and you represent yourself differently to different humans. To me, you're you're different. To my girls, you're different. To Heather, you're different. Because why? Because you're a multifaceted human being that has loads of life experience and you can also equip yourself to conversations easily and go in and smoothly talk, right? Whereas when you're actually sitting with yourself and Netflix isn't on, and you're not distracting yourself with your phone, and you're quietly in a room, what do you think about? Do you think about, oh, I need to go and talk to somebody? No, our brains are still going. And this pandemic has really enlightened so many humans into, is this what I want to do? Like, is this where I want to live my life? I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Like this real estate boom we're having in Ontario is insane. And people are cashing in on this because why? Because they could live by the ocean in Halifax, Nova Scotia or whatever, because Nova Scotia is really up in their game on like that. You want to live from here and work for anywhere kind of thing. Like people are finding different ways to create their life now, as opposed to the old baby boomer mentality. And like, I'm a millennial and I'll be the first to say like, I love coaching millennials because millennials are where baby boomers were back in their day. Yeah trying to fight against the industrial revolutionary people, you know, and like trying to be able to bring in their opinions of, and they were considered like the new crazy people. Well, now millennials are the new crazy people because we want to work from anywhere and not necessarily. Well, it's creating a change and it's creating a change that's working and it's creating a whole new mindset. Exactly. So when you think about who you are, you got to recognize what brings you joy is what you're going to be left with when you retire. And when you are on your deathbed, you're thinking, what are the things that I did that I loved about my life? And so I say, write a list on your iPhone or f- smartphone or whatever, and just keep it there every day, like an add to it. And it could just be sitting and having a coffee by myself. It could be going for a walk with my dogs. It could be sitting with Cashew Kitty and, you know, having just nice pets. Like it could be anything so simple. And every day though, you add something new and then you start tallying it, making sure that you incorporate it into your day every day. Well, and lending your brain to understanding that a simple thing like that could actually be the thing that brings you joy, right? And they don't cost you much money. And that's the other thing. People think that money brings happiness. Well, you know, it's right up there with oxygen, one of my old colleagues used to say, but yeah. it's like, it's not the only thing. Like we need to find ways to be able to use that resource to be able to uh, have a great life. Like this is, this is just a game. Like life is truly an opportunity to play the best game and your thoughts create your reality your energy is what creates your joy level. And if you have great joys, then your energy is high and then your vibration is going and then you attract 
you know, your podcast of awesome, right? Like everything happens <laughs> yeah. in alignment when you're aligned and getting in alignment. That's why I love being a life coach is because I help people through facilitating questions like what you're doing here, create solutions for themselves just through simple self-reflection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So give me the plug. What's the plug? How do people find you? How do people get you? Because they've, this is the timeline. They've listened, they've learned, yep. they love, yeah. and now they need to call you. Yeah. So I have a, a website that's just launching called Coaching with Meg. And I'm on Instagram, Coaching with Meg. You can reach out to me on Instagram. You can reach out to me on my website. And essentially, I just uh, really love connecting with people and having a discovery call and seeing if that's something that aligns with what you're looking for. And, you know, my, I also have a firm, oh, LM Squared Collective, where we do corporate wellness coaching, corporate wellness programming, as well as like some other cool things. And we have that website that I work alongside with. So that's LM Squared Collective. And we just love being able to help connect people with the services that they need. And as a, as a coach, as a counselor, as a human, as an educator, I just, I really appreciate seeing success happen and seeing people find a measurable goal of what they wanted and then they're able to get there. Amazing. So coachingwithmeg.com. Yep. LMSquareCollective.com. Yep. Or you can reach out to us anytime and we'll make sure that you guys get connected. Yeah. Megan, we're not leaving without doing the what's and why's, but I always forget to say thank you. So I'm saying thank you so much for being here. Thank you for uh, using me as a little bit of a guinea pig. Thank you for the enlightenment that you offer me always. Hmm. You are a joy in my life and I know that I can't live without you. Oh, I love you too, friend. Thank you. It's you. so nice to thank be here you. with you guys today. Awesome. Well, let's get to the what's and why's. What's and why's, baby. What's and why's segment. Here we go. And now we've come to what some would call the very best part of the show, our segment appropriately named What's and Why's. It's where we get to ask our guests some questions that inquiring minds want to know. So without further ado, I bring you the what's and why's for your listening pleasure. So our first question is, who do you look up to and why? That's a really great question, Helen. What there was a time I looked up to you, Come and if you don't know, I that, am a guest. Yeah, when I was nineteen and we started working together, I looked up to you, and I was thinking, "Oh my gosh, how does she do this so seamlessly?" Because I was so overwhelmed, and I learned, and you taught me, and it was amazing. You were like one of the best mentors with a velvet boxing glove, I'd say. Oh. You know, helping me accomplish what I needed, and you know, I think every phase of my life, I've had somebody different that I look up to. But I have to say, at this phase of my life, I really own myself and I'm really looking up to the next version of me and trying to, to fulfill those, those shoes really for my kids. Because I want to be a really great mom and I want to be a really great wife and I want to be a really great family member and counselor. And I have two amazing colleagues that I work with in my business and they're older than me. And I always say I want to be like them when I grow up. But I feel that everybody I meet, there really is something good in them and I can find what is in them that would help me. So I don't have a one person per se, but I do have the appreciation of everybody who I cross paths with because there's something good in everyone. And I learned that when I was sailing, one of my old sailing friends, she used to say, because we lived on a ship with 40 people for a year and a half and it got pretty tight. And she would say, you have to find the good in everybody. And I was 21 and arrogant. And so I thought, I figured it out why she said that, because it was a really hard travel when you're on the ocean without land for a long time. And, and I think that, that when you look at your life as a journey like that, there's always someone who's going to serve you and help you and just look for the good. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is going back to what we, something we already talked about. What's something that brings you joy and why? 
oh, my coffee today brought me joy. Like when I went through drive through and I got a Starbucks, it was awesome. Uh, waking up every morning brings me joy because I had a pretty big health scare just, you know, like at last year. And, and I think being alive is something that you can be grateful for. My dogs bring me joy, my, my family living in a great home. I think at the end of the day, doing something that I love brings me joy and helping people like it sounds so corny and cheesy, but being a life coach was something that I was starting when I finished my master's 15 years ago. And I took a bit of a hiatus and then I got back into it in the corporate side of the world. And that really, after I get off the calls, like some nights I have coaching calls like late in the evening because of my time changes, because I have global clients. And I'm like, that was a great call. Although I was tired when I was about to start it. And then afterwards I was like, that validated me so much, but yet I helped somebody, but it validated me. So yeah, yeah I feel that's kind of where I'm at. When you look back through your life, what decision brings you the most happiness and why? I think marrying my husband. I knew you were going to say it. I know. Well, he's so wonderful. And he really is. I've had such a blessed love life. Like if I really look back at my love life of, you know, a young teenager to a like 20 year old to a, you know, 30 year old. When I married my husband, when I turned 30. Like it really, he gets me and I get him and I'm just so grateful. Like I actually wrote a list of everything that I ever wanted in a man. Cause I was pretty heartbroken when I broke up with my last, you know, like before my husband and I had a few in between there, but I was, I really knew what I wanted too. And so I wrote everything down and I've told you this story. Oh, I've lived by this story. Yeah. I wrote everything down and I even like so much so as I want his jokes to be funny to me because <laughs> they are. Yeah. <laughs> And then it came true and I was like, stuff happens. And so I think that the best thing I ever did for myself was to, to love myself first and know my worth. And then I found somebody who loved me more than I loved myself, which is a really surprising thing. I remember about the list. I've lived my life based on your recommendation. Absolutely. Well, that's from The Secret. So I lived that based on The Secret. Oh, you could have taken it and owned it. I, you know what though? I see <laughs> once I see something seven times, it's mine. <laughs> but then before that, you know, and I'm sure I could say it's mine, but I, I mean, we all steal things. Like we all lend and borrow things that make us uh, have our wisdom, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's something that you feel people get wrong about you and why? I think people feel that I'm only a life coach or that I'm only a teacher uh, or that I'm only, you know, only. Whereas, how, what do you think is one thing people get wrong about me? So I, it's a hard question. I always know the answer myself. I always, okay, so for me, what I think people get wrong about me is they think I'm aggressive. When I'm not aggressive, I'm assertive, uh. right? So I think that people, this is so, this is something that I would get wrong maybe, and maybe it's not even now, but it's maybe recent enough. I think that people think that you're always okay. Because you have such energy and such like joy and you're always interested in giving the best of you on every occasion and making sure that everybody else is around you is okay first. Mm, I hear you. Because I remember saying to you at one point, I'm like, okay, this is me we're talking to. Like, take it down a notch. You don't have to come with all the energy. I told you this. Like, this is the first time that I felt like I had permission to yeah. just... Because I was like, what? I actually, I didn't even know. I, I didn't even have the awareness that I was doing it until you mentioned it to me. And then I, and I was like, like 28, right? And then I was like, oh shit, okay, that's what I'm doing. Well then fuck it. Cause I want to hang out with my friend and I don't want to be on guard. Like I'm just, I'm here. So thanks, Hal. Thanks for giving me permission. Like that's what you did for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for me. That might not be current. I don't know. Yeah. Like, because I'm in so many different worlds, right? Like I'm still in the teaching world. I'm in the consulting world. I'm in like a family neighborhood world. I feel like a lot of people 
uh, just project their own things and they might uh, make an opinion about my, you know, my wellness and that I'm always well. And I feel that we all are having our, our internal struggles and battles. And, you know, especially when I work with a lot of clients, you know, they, they often say, well, you don't encounter these challenges or you don't encounter issues with balance or you don't encounter, you know, problems at work or what have you. We all have these challenges. I feel, though, oftentimes it's how you reframe them and how you bounce back from them and the support network that you have of people who are going to help you through them. So oftentimes people think that shit doesn't stink or that your life is easy, but life is, is what I make of it. And it's my perception that changes my reaction. Who would you like to hear on What's Your Why as a guest and why? Oh, you've had some stellar guests, eh? I love that you had Noelle on because like I really followed her a lot and I still do. And I think she's awesome. Yeah, she was really good. She's so good. But she's also so, she was so humble. That's what I loved about her as a guest. I would love for you to have Mel Robbins on What's Your Why. Oh my God, I texted her. Shut the front door. (laughs) Shut the front door. I texted her and she didn't get back to me, but I'm sure that her people are going to talk to our people because... Yeah. Mel Robbins, if you're listening, we would love for you to be a guest. Mel Robbins, your 54321 changed your life and so many other people's lives. I love your yes. breaking the habits of being like, like that. And then Dr. Joe Dispenza. Dr. Joe Dispenza would be another one I would love for you to have on. So Dr. Joe Dispenza is an amazing guru of manifestation, of mindfulness, of wellness. He, alongside Mel Robbins, would be my two people that I would absolutely love for you to have on your show. And I would like to be um, on the show when you're having them on just to be on the sideline to like listen we'll and interject. Like we'll maybe even I could like co-host it with you because, oh my God, I would love that. Right. In the back of your mind, are you also thinking Dan Levy? I just need to double check. Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek? Totally. I do live in Uxbridge, and that's right beside where they were filming. I know. And the hotel was right here. Oh, my gosh. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about or cover? I think it was a great conversation. There's so many points that we identified as like interesting moments of self-growth and personal development. I was actually looking at all the titles that you had about everybody's podcast. And I was just, I was curious of like, what would this title be? As now we have, it's like, I often call what we talked about bowls of spaghetti because it's like everything coming together. <laughs> like nothing. Well, I've never heard that analogy before. And it actually, it makes sense. And, you know, for someone like me, who's pretty self-aware, but trying always to be better, do better, not for anybody else, but myself, which is maybe selfish, but. No, that's good. I don't know. Like sometimes I often feel lost. I think I'm in the transitional phase at 44 where I'm trying to find something or not even someone, but I'm just trying to find something all the time. Mm. And so what I want is I I love that people are going to be able to listen to this and maybe take something from that so that they can understand that they don't necessarily have to always be looking or um, they can change their perspective on the world. And that's a, that's a great audience awareness moment of like who your who your audience is and who you're talking to. And, you know, I really want to, I really want to branch out more to like the millennials because I feel like they're the voice that is of now. And they're also lost a little bit amongst the four generations of people in the workplace. Right. And they're really trying hard to make, make a lot for themselves. So when I hear that you say you're lost, like you're actually not alone because everybody is looking and that's the journey of life. And I think when you feel lost though, a lot of the time it's, is it because you don't have the support or you're not having the reflection piece that helps you get back on track? Cause that's what like life coaching, you know, is, is when you have that extra person who's going to be able to say, 
okay, so you're feeling lost. Tell me more about that. Is that because X, Y, Z, or you then explain it? And then you actually create an action plan so you don't feel like you're alone or that you're lost. And then that action plan guides you to your next location. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We should consider having you on as a regular. I would love to be a regular. I'm launching that out there without even talking to Heather about it. You know I'm down. (laughs) Anyways, uh, you know, continue the conversation. I'm super grateful for you both. And Helen, definitely. Thanks for trusting me today. And, um, and Heather, thank you. And thanks for trusting me. Horse Show listeners, listen up. We have something special coming and coming soon. What's Your Why has a new collaboration we're excited to bring you. We've been working tirelessly with the Southbound Saratoga Management Group to exclusively host a special series of podcast episodes. Over the next few months, we'll be supporting the brainchild of the Saratoga Horse Show, Women in Business Spectacular. It's the first ever horse show accredited with being created by women, operated by women, benefiting women's health, and showcasing women in business. Download, follow, like, and share as we bring you a new episode every month in support of this amazing event that you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Do you like how you're hearing today's episode? I don't mean how you're listening to it, but how you're hearing it. Whether you're driving in your car or listening on some pods, there's one thing that I'm certain of, that this podcast has been produced with the most enjoyable hearing experience possible. For those of you that know me, you know that these skills are most certainly not in my repertoire. So for that, What's Your Why has Twisted Spur Media Solutions to thank. Twisted Spur is an all-encompassing solution-based media company that's everything magic. Offering digital solutions in podcast and audiobook editing and production, online course and membership design and development, in addition to content creation, online paid advertising management, and project planning, it's a one-stop shop of mad skills that Heather and her team bring to every project they work on. I can and will speak from personal experience when I say that Heather is a true advocate for quality, and you won't find a better solution for your digital project than Team Twisted Spur. If you like what you hear or even just want to nose around, check them out at twistedspurmedia.com, where the process is easy and the solution is even better. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us for this episode of What's Your Why, our listeners, guests, and our sponsors, too. It's our hope that you enjoyed your time with us and possibly gained some new perspective as well. It's said that we can learn something new every day if we just listen, and that knowledge has a beginning, but no end. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be safe, be well, and remember, always leave people better than you found them. A Twisted Spur Media Production.